What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Deja Vu Podcast. We are talking about The Sopranos Season 5, Episodes 3 and 4. Travis, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Trey. It's the first day back in the real world, mm-hmm. and uh, it was worse than I thought out there. But it's, you know what? It's a dangerous place out there. It's very dangerous, but we're, uh, we're going to soprano on here and uh, just soap on. So we're gonna soap on. We're mm. gonna soap on. Talk Sopranos today. Anyone call it soaps? Just for short. Be Watch cool. Soaps. Watch my soaps. Soprans. Sopran. You're a birthday boy today, all right? I am a birthday boy. It is my birthday. I had I heard, a birthday. I heard you had a themed birthday party. Well, this I year. didn't make the theme, so I was making jokes to my mama about. Because I wanted some baked ziti, all right? Because uh-huh. of the, the show, they're just eating baked ziti, and they're eating pasta, they're eating gabagol. Yep. They're eating all kinds of weird stuff. Not so much this season. No, no, not so much this season. A little less Ital- Italian food. They heard us complaining uh, retroactively and mm-hmm. changed it. <laughs> yes, they changed it for us, <laughs> talking about it 20 years later. But, yeah, so I made the joke to my mom and dad, like, you know what? You guys should, you dad should boss you around like Tony. And then my mom got the idea to just do a full Sopranos thing. <laughs> it was just my intermediate family. And so my sisters, my, my one sister looked just like a, uh, a brown-haired um, Adriana. Oh, Like, she was dressed okay. just like her. And... Yeah, they were all uh, kind of dressed. My mom looked like she looked like back in 1998 <laughs> with the bangs and all that. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was pretty. My dad just. And I realized my dad's always dressed like a character from The Sopranos. <laughs> he just because didn't, it just didn't click until didn't then. Didn't click until now because he's like, I guess he wanted to dress up as Paulie because he's got the gray hair now. Uh-huh. And he wore a tracksuit, but it's like I see him in that all the time. <laughs> he I'm usually like, wears minute. that. Yes. He, he's kind of like Adam Sandler. He's gotten uh-huh. to a point in his life where he just gets to wear his clothes when he's at work. Yes. Well, and he, does, he, was, he travels. So he's kind of he's a work-from-home guy. He's always been that, but he will travel. People it's, that are uh, traveling work-from-home yeah. dudes, especially older guys, big well, in the tracksuit game. He wears the wears an earpiece at all times. He's got yes. a tracksuit. He always has uh, some baseball hat on. It's Perfect. usually... Uh, really contradictory teams. He'll have a Red Sox hat one day. He'll oh, have no. a, a Yankees hat one day. He'll have an Astros hat on one day. He'll have a Rangers hat on one day. Very oh, no. inconsistent. And he's a Cubs fan. <laughs> Very inconsistent. He doesn't like wear a Cubs shirt with like a Ranger hat though, right? No. Okay. He just wears the hat. How do you feel like if you're wearing like a Cowboys shirt with a Rangers hat? Is that allowed? I'm not look. I'm not a stickler for that kind of stuff. I think I think that's a little, maybe a, a little, um, on the line. On, on the line. I I don't know. I you do what you want. I think that's it's not. Look, I'm not gonna yell at you, but it's a little weird. I think okay. just one sports team representation. Okay. You know? 
Okay. Occasionally, I'll throw because I don't have a ton of Chiefs hats. Yeah. I have a lot of Chiefs shirts, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of Royals hats. Mm. So I'll throw a Royals hat on. And the problem the- with that is, is the color contradiction. Yeah. The KC is all match. Like you can wear KC stuff all you want, mm-hmm. and that'll that plays. Like if I was wearing a Kansas City Monarchs hat, that might that might play with a Chiefs shirt. But the Royals hat, I feel I still do it, but uh, I I do feel weird when I do. And maybe the baseball hat though, because I mean the baseball hat's a baseball hat, right? Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the main hat. And like a Rangers hat, it's a baseball hat. So right. I I would. If someone was wearing a Rangers hat and a Cowboys shirt, I think that's better than wearing a Cowboys hat and a Rangers shirt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In a weird yeah. way. I don't know. Because of baseball being known for hats, and you yes. might just be over baseball hatted. Right. Okay. I do need a new Rangers hat. I should have asked that for my birthday as a Rangers hat. Because okay. I do not have one of those. What kind of, which one are you, what are you trying to get? Blue or red? Uh, Maybe red. I like the red, red hats. Yeah. I like the red hats. Okay. If you're looking well, to give me a gift. I'm glad. Okay. Yeah. Let me get you a $45 hat. What head yes. size you got over there? Is that a seven and seven eighths or something? I could measure it. What <laughs> do, do you, you think? Know, uh, do you... What do you think head size Tony Soprano has? Big head. Huge head. Yeah. He's probably eight and a quarter or so. Do we ever see Tony wearing a hat? I feel like he's worn a ball cap at some point. Yeah. It sounds like something we'd see, but. Surely he's worn a ball cap at some point. Yeah. He's, as a balding man myself, mm. uh, with the receding hairline, Tony also, uh, Gan- James Gandolfini, suffered from this as well. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't go to that well a little bit. All right. Let's, uh, I'm surprised he didn't go to that well a little bit more often, given the receding hairline. Mm-hmm. But, well, you know, we did see, though, early on in, like, season one or two, he got really upset with the guy wearing the baseball hat at the restaurant. That's true. Yeah. So maybe he may he just, just not be baseball hat guy. Maybe not. Maybe not. He might wear but a But I could see him going to a ball game and wearing a hat. Oh, for know? sure. If he goes to, like, when him and Johnny Sack meet up after a Yankees game mm-hmm. instead of, like, you know, in the off season or something when he's just mm-hmm. walking out the park, he's got a hat on for he, yeah. he hits the truck and, and leaves. Sure. Have you noticed that, that they're meeting outside Yankee Stadium? I did notice that, yeah. I I noticed it last time, and I wonder how many times that was supposed to be Yankee Stadium, and that was like the first time they were able to get the uh, shot. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I assume well, it was the same place every time. Yankee Stadium got... Well, I guess that was after when it got moved, right? Because yeah. that was like 2007? Seven eight. or eight, I want to say, when I remember. Moved. I remember being at the ballpark the last year it was there. So you got to go to Old Yankee. I did get to go to Old Yankee. You walked Stadium. where Tony Soprano walked. I did. I Whoa. did. Those hollowed grounds. So much yeah. history, Travis. So never, much history. I've never been to Jersey, and I haven't seen any uh, New York stuff that I was actually at where Tony's been. He doesn't mm. spend a ton of time in New York. No. No. I do want to go to Pizza Land. I think that's the one place I want to go to. My wife says Jersey. that every time, and I, I kind of, I kind of <laughs> hold the opinion that I bet that place isn't that good. I bet you that place, and I bet you there's a story written about it. I bet you that place got a ton of traffic. Huge. They probably put them out of business. Honestly, it may like have one of yeah. those, yeah, yeah. That just so much traffic after that. <laughs> Actually, ooh, all right, Travis. Let, let's talk about the Sopranos. I'm gonna look up Pizza Land and see if I can find anything about it. All okay. right. Do find something about it. Uh, 
You want a fun fact about this episode three here? I do want a fun fact. This is the only episode in the show's run that Edie Falco does not appear in. Oh, wow. Yeah, I noticed that there was no family. Nope, no family. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of feech. Uh, Really, the family stuff was kind of taken up by the uh, New York tensions that are rising. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Let's see. what We had Artie. I mean, and I guess there was family. Sort of. because uh, the whole junior thing, the junior thing, like there was this was big junior here, big junior. And um, all right, I got Pizza Land. All right, tell Pizza me about Land. Pizza Land. This is it has its own Wikipedia. Of course it does. Uh, Pizza Land is an American-owned pizza lo- located at 260 Belleville Turnpike in North Arlington, New Jersey, which featured in the opening singing of The Sopranos, initially in a Law & Order marathon. Uh, pizza Box from the restaurant was used as a suspect to transport... Oh, I guess there was some episode of Law & Order. Uh, the pizzeria uh, was opened in, 20, in 1965 by Italian immigrant Petro Di Palizzi, who died in 2019. It's owned Ooh. by a uh, by Frank, son, Frank's son Tony de Piazza. Okay, Tony good. and Deborah. State Italian uh, at least. Uh, so t- always had the pizzeria packed, but later on, later on sold the pizza to pizza maker Al. Uh, ugh, I can't even see Roker. this. Roker. No, Al Paulus. P a w l o w i c z. I can't pronounce these names until his death. Who purchased the restaurant from? His son store is owned now owned by Eddie. So I guess this was like a famous. Pl- I guess it's still running. It was famous prior, and it's just like a yeah. a local famous place, right? Okay, right. okay, mm-hmm. okay. Well, that's not as interesting as we hoped, but almost no. nothing is. No, well, I mean, you figured it had to be been some like significant famous location. They showed right? it, so like it was either nothing or yeah. a relatively locally famous place. Yeah. That's that though. Those are the only options. My child is trying to break in the podcast. Uh, it, it'd be like showing, um, like Campisi's or uh, yeah, here. You know exactly. Yeah, yeah. which Efratelli. Uh, I love it. my. I remember my dad would it, we, anytime we would go on vacation. When we came back, we'd all go to Efratelli's. Really? After, after the after the flight? Yeah. Wow. So my, see, my family. Uh, this might show the. Remember, I come from a, a, a twice, three-time broken home, so mm. we weren't quite as affluent mm. as some of you people out there because right. we frequented Whataburger when we got oh. back in town. I don't think I had Whataburger until college or, or, or like late high school, maybe. I, I quit that po- was not a staple for me. I quit the podcast. I'm not going to do? do this with you anymore. <laughs> I, I don't think it was college. I think it was definitely like late high school. I just I never went there for some reason. I'm sorely disappointed. Would I don't you go know to why. McDonald's for your hamburgers. Yeah, You're I like think a so. McDonald's nerd. I don't know why. I mean, I just never went. It's bad taste. That you t- never did. You're a terrible Texan. I know. Like that's the like one of the few Texan things about me is that I love Whataburger. And I we'll can't never. Tell you why, but it just never did. And I will never admit that another fast food burger is better than it. Now, we all went to Chick-fil-A a lot. That's not Texas at all. It's zero Texas. Georgia boy. Okay. Why don't you go to Atlanta and hang out with T.I.? Can I say something controversial? <laughs> okay. I, yes, always. Waterburger fries not that great. What? 
Let's, let's continue f- on with the podcast. No, we've let's continue on. The fries are great. Mm-hmm. There's so much better than that bullshit they sh- they serve over at McDonald's. Chick Fil A better. Let's go okay, on with the podcast. Look, if you you can't comp- no, we're not going to go on with the podcast <laughs> while you're comparing a totally different French fry to Whataburger fry. You cannot compare waffle fry to a shoestring or a, a skinny fast food fry. It's just not a comparison. You can you can't come over here and tell me that. Just can't. Won't stand for it. Sorry, I I think they can, I think when they're cold they're a lot worse. But I think that's okay. Oh no, they're okay. I will admit that Whataburger may be the fastest. <clears throat> like it may lose its heat yes, faster than any does. other food. Uh, and if if you have to drive more than ten minutes to get home, you're better off eating at the restaurant or in your car. You're right. Yes. When the fries are cold, they're they're garbage. But when they're nice and hot. Perfect. Perfection mm-hmm. in the French mm-hmm. fry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we can move on with the podcast. Okay. <clears throat> um, Sorry, you got me all upset there. Um, okay. So I think the thing I was most surprised with in this episode, <laughs> and I rem- and it, it was like, it was almost like, uh, you know, where you see something and just like, it just all rushes to you. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot, and I remember this. I remember this before I even watched the show. I totally forgot that they had Curb Your Enthusiasm in there, yeah, and yeah. the bit with Larry David, him thinking he was Larry David, and that um, uh, Jeff Garland is Bobby. That was I beautiful. totally forgot. I was like a just a welcome blast from the past right there. And I was like, holy shit, I remember this scene. <laughs> this is really I mean, funny. That's really funny. I love uh, that they do that too. You know, like they like promoted their own show within a show. Yeah. And they it promoted worked it, to yeah, perfection, totally by works. the way. It totally works. Yeah. And that was uh, one of the, uh, you've seen Curb, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was like, well, it's considered one of the best yeah. episodes of Curb. It's one of the too. seminal Eps, you know. Yes, we we might need to do a curb fun pack. At some I point. wouldn't be down for that. I like curb a lot. I've not thinking... seen a lot of the earlier episodes in a very long time. Yeah, I haven't either. Because yeah. I mean, I probably watched it four or five years ago and never really came back. Oh yeah, um, I haven't seen like the new seasons, but I saw new, every the, the two the last seasons, season was very good. That's what I heard. I heard the last yes. season was really good. The season before that wasn't quite not as so strong. great. Yeah, this yeah. last one was really good, really strong. Yeah, Ted Danson is great. He's, I, have an, he's, I, I have an idea for a little fun pack we might should do, so we'll, we'll talk about that after the show. Okay. Well, that's that. That was a funny moment, but uh, kind of a sad episode where Junior's uh, Alzheimer's, his uh, Alzheimer's. I always say Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's has. There's uh, no T. Alzheimer's. I know. Alzheimer's. 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 Yes. I I speak like Tony writes, but we'll get to that later. Uh, I had to rewind that because I'm like, and I don't mean to jump around like this, but I had to rewind that because I'm like, is this just like some like uh, mentally challenged patient? No, that's Tony's <laughs> writing. Oh, well. That's really uh, that's very um, rude. Back to the, what you're saying about uh, the funny moments yes. with Junior and that, that scene in particular, uh, the curb moment. But really, all of his moments were veiled in comedy 
like dark comedy, which is yeah. it falls right in line with Curb being the uh, like sure the, the catalyst of the episode. Sure, like every single thing that happened to him was really funny. But when you think about it, how yeah. incredibly sad is all of it? Because like he's he it was hilarious. He's looking for his brother at this like black church, and they kick him out. Mm-hmm. And then he loses his car. Hilarious. Then he sits next to this bench from this like old homeless maybe a, lady maybe a hooker homeless hooker lady i think she's just looking for money willing but to, I, I don't know. willing yeah. to do things yes. in the back of yes. cars uh and then he's like running in quotes from the cops and falls over and like it's all funny it's all funny mm-hmm. scenes on the like facade of it but in reality it's the sad tale of a man losing his mind yeah it's crazy. It, it's w- super well put together. I absolutely all the junior stuff great was acting beautiful. on his part too, especially the end because yes. uh, you know the whole sort of the also the kind of the big thing here is it's the dinner. It's Janice's family dinner, and they bring the sister over that we rarely <laughs> get to see. Yeah, and you know uh, Junior does the never had the makings of a varsity athlete like three times at dinner and Tony not knowing what's going on just gets livid, you know? And he gets livid and then like basically tells everybody to just shut it down. Yeah. And then as soon as the sister gets there, junior says it again, Mm -hmm. again, hilarious, but like clearly there's something wrong. Why would anybody do this? Yeah. Like if you, especially knowing who Tony Soprano is, and Junior's been, he's always been kind of mean to Tony. You yeah. know, I, I think he loves him more than his mom did, but I think he's always been kind of mean. I think Junior sees him as like a disappointment compared to his brother. Because I think when he sees Tony, he sees Johnny. And right. he does not perceive Tony to be better or even close to what Johnny was. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, so, he kind of resents him for that. You know, and, and it's funny watching this because I, I did, uh, when we started this, rewatch a scene further down the road in the series. And I won't totally, you might know what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to totally spoil it. And this is actually a good, <clears throat> that's actually a good answer to kind of the question Tony presents and the in this episode mm-hmm. where he goes, do you love me? I thought you loved me. You know, I thought we played ball together. Why does that have to be so mean? Why does it have to be so negative? Mm-hmm. You know, why did all the things that, you know, you're remembering have to be mean? Uh, just keep that in, in the back of your mind. Okay. Uh, that question. I have yeah. a bit of a, something, a jumping off point from that. Sure. <clears throat> Tony <clears throat> is like a child. Oh yeah. He wants unconditional love mm-hmm. when he himself does not give that right. he is one of the more petty characters on this show yeah uh but it, it goes thin back skinned thin skinned you know? and like this thing with junior comes up and uh he gets he gets upset about it every single time junior gives him shit about something he gets upset about anybody giving him shit think about the tony b scene that we just mm-hmm. saw last episode and he's, <clears> he's <throat> fine when it's in, in different situations but like he's better with it, but it has to be on his terms. It's it it's it's very uh, if you're a, a fan of the ticket, it, it's very uh, Lee Corso, right? It's sure. on his terms. Sure. And if if you don't know that bit, just pretty much a guy who was a guest on our station, who's a, a famous uh, 
football man. Mm-hmm. He um, was making jokes, making jokes, and when one of the hosts kind of made a very, very small joke at his expense, he got pissed. And that's Tony Soprano. Oh, yeah. Know? And he yeah. just, like, <clears throat> think about his relationship with, with uh, Carmella. Mm-hmm. He wants unconditional oh, yeah. love without reciprocating any of that. Yeah. Um, his kids, same way. Uh, the people in his gang, same way. Which he's, you know, we see something in the next episode that kind of, we think it's like him breaking the glass of his friends. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But really, that's... it's not at all what happened. We'll right. get to that. Uh, he has no, the Melfi stuff, like from an episode ago. Yeah. He wants unconditional love for, from her, despite he's unable to see all of the wickedness and shittiness that is him. And he's uh, he thinks that he deserves that love anyway. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's yeah. just it's a very childish way to go about life. It's also it's not an, a way that an adult can have a relationship with any other adult because there's given give and take right. in, an, in an adult relationship, whether it be platonic or sexual, it doesn't really matter. There's give and take. Children want unconditional love. Children receive unconditional love. Mm-hmm. You're out of that, Tony. You're fifty something years old. You gotta quit being a dick for everybody to love you. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Very good point. Thank you. Yeah, I like that point. No, I, I you know, that's something I didn't think of, and that's a very good point. Um, <clears throat> let me see here. My notes is my notes. I'm looking at my notes here. Another thing that happened with Tony. Oh, ooh, ooh, the. Oh, sorry. Go on. It's just because we're in this this junior section, and I wanted to talk about. Uh, Janice. Yes, I was about to bring that up. She's a giant C still, and I hate her. Uh, but this she is seems, yeah. So this episode and the next episode and last season, starting to see Tony get a little physical with people, with like yes. women and children mm-hmm. especially. And that that while I think a lot of this show like is kind of a an examination about how television characters don't really change. Tony in this season is showing change. He's showing growth in some ways, but he's still kind of the same thing, but it's, it's different for a character to uh, like in the next, in the next episode when instead of, you know, letting things ride out like he did with uh, Richie and Ralphie, he nips it in the bud. And then now, so that's a good thing. That's a positive side of change. Uh, in in this in these last few episodes, he's hitting people, weak people. <laughs> That's not a good change. No. Uh, I did like. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's really pissed. I forget exactly why he even gets pissed at Janice. Oh, because she comes in and is, is like, there. Her and Bobby are coming in presenting Junior as his problem. Right. When like, Bobby's job is to take care of Junior. And they even have a sit down, Tony do. and Bobby, this episode about like, Bobby, I need you to take care of Junior. I know you want to do more. Maybe you can do some more pickups, but like your job is to take care of Junior. Mm-hmm. So like, tangentially, that means it's also Janice's job to take care. Right, of and Janice doesn't want to do it, and she, because she never wants to do anything. Right, and all of the things, it's selfish. All the things that Tony said to her. Some of it, like leaving when she was 18 now, or whatever. I do <clears throat> like when he says, given roadies, and then Bobby goes, roadies? roadies? That's where he was like, <laughs> wait a second. Yeah. 
I know roadies and they're dirty people. It's um, uh it's a good reaction from Bobby. A lot of what he said was totally true and a lot of things that I think like Tony was almost the audience in that scene like just mm-hmm. somebody really giving it to Janice in a way that never nobody's really given it to her. Not since like season 2 when she first showed up has anybody yelled at her this way. And, Carmela uh, did, right? Yeah, Carmela did. She kind of said the same stuff. This might just be another case. Uh, I would like to go back and look at that scene and see how much of it Tony stole because he's he's pretty big about regurgitating things that he thinks make sense. Yeah. And uh, it was probably jumbled, probably a little bit different, but it was – I loved it until he grabbed her by the throat. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit violent, right? He grabbed – she had two people by the throat. Because <laughs> he, uh, he hits AJ with the old throat grab in the next episode. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I Yeah. I don't find that as egregious because that's his kid and he's fucking up bad. And I don't. I think throat is a bit much, but yeah, anything above the neck is too yeah. much. I think. Okay. Uh, as a as a father, I will say that. Uh huh. Because <laughs> you know the bruises show up yeah. above the neck and people can see them, but if you hit right. them below, yeah, right, you can get the shirts bottom off. of the foot's the best way to do Ooh, it. Ooh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Bottom mm-hmm. of the feet. Hmm. Think about or it. like right or right in the middle of the back. It's always covered. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Oh, also, um, a little fun fact. So, the Lorraine Caluso. Yeah. That's a Caluso, right? Yeah. So, they're having like a big meeting, a sit down about the power struggle between Johnny Sack and Little Carmine. And we meet uh, this female gangster, Lorraine. Lady Lone Shark. Uh, I kind of don't like what they did with this character because we, she was sort of... We have not seen any female gangsters at and all. And they made her a giant whore. And, yeah, like, she was cool until they did this. Like, th- this might be, the like, a big... This might be a big blemish on the show. Not on the show as a whole, but, like, this is, like, hey, this is maybe a, ne- a big negative on the show. Yeah. Like, because, like, they had a really cool character they presented, uh-huh. you know? Lady and, Monster yeah. would have been really, really That's interesting. very interesting. And then they... Kind like what just, if she was like what if she was the third head struggling for yeah. to be the capo of that family? That yeah. would have been awesome. That would have been really interesting. Uh but they kind of just they fucking her off in a yeah, really they bad did. way. Although I will say that could be some foreshadowing for Adriana cuz that was a very similar scene. It was. Uh interesting fun fact though as Lorraine actress Patty De uh, uh Brinville Abronville mm-hmm. was styled to resemble New York Post TV critic Linda Stassi, who had loudly complained about season four's lack of violence. And here Johnny Sachs complains that Lorraine's uh, solution to any problem is whack this one, whack that one. Never enough body count for Lorraine. It's a meta dig that goes too far, given that an earlier scene has a terrified Lorraine offering or offering oral sex to Phil Leotardo and his crew to keep him from killing her. So, yeah. So kind of sucked like like no i totally agree with everything you said that was uh it was a cool scene if it was a man you know what i mean yes like if, if that of... was a if it was just another mobster that would have been yeah. really cool but given the context and and also with 2020 eyeglasses on it's just sure. like guys we could have made a better decision here yeah, why could've... would you introduce a female mobster just to kill her she... in two episodes full ass naked 
And the first time, first two times you see her, she's badass. She's cool. Like, oh, that's a cool. This is gonna be some badass gangster. Some chick. bad bitch is gonna yeah. come in here and really mess things up. And, and like, you know, Tony seems to respect. Like, everyone respects her. It's Tony like, okay, did admit is- that he may have had sex with her at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I just I feel like there was a missed opportunity for the show. I agree. Although I think nowadays they've totally moved the like mob stuff off of the Soprano family, and it's all in New York right now. Yes, like, that whole fi- that whole struggle is your that's gonna that's your mob storyline for mm-hmm. the, for the season. Yeah. So yeah, it's now you, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, Chris also in this uh, in this little section of the story, this episode, Chris was explicitly told not to say anything. Right. And he immediately starts saying stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. he cuts people off to say stuff. And it turns out exactly how Tony knew it would turn out. Not good. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. Because, you know, that's a whole other... That's where this is, like, kind of leading us to believe the season is going. uh, Especially with... See, is it in this... We can talk about it. We can transition because, um, what's his name? Feechy? Feech. Feech. You're kind of, and even in the, the, I'm I'm reading all this from uh, the Alan Sepulwal book, uh, The Soprano Sessions. I think he was like, believe people were like, oh, is this the new Richie April? Mm -hmm. Right? Is this the new, new guy? Is this the new thorn in Tony's side? And you're getting all these little, little hints you know that this this might be the big beef but again what you're saying tony has learned he's adapted and he even says have i learned nothing from richie april and he you know he's causing all this shit he um because they had that poker game again uh the famous poker game then uh that and he's actually the, the guy that tony and and uh april uh ripped off uh what was the other guy's name what the the original the april that died in season one Oh, was Richie? Of, no, not no, Richie. No, uh, uh, Jackie. Jackie. That was the same guy that Tony and Jackie ripped off. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, that was the guy, yeah. The, yeah, okay, the yeah, game. I remember them from, saying yeah. that. Which it also sounds like they that's a, a different situation happened where Tony was going to do something very similar, and that's what ended up sending Tony B to jail. Yes, yeah, they mentioned that, and he is, I don't know if he feels guilty about that. He doesn't feel he, good about it. Yeah, he does not feel good about it. I don't know if Tony feels guilt ever, but he definitely doesn't yeah. feel good about he it. He definitely doesn't feel guilty about anything. Yeah. Uh, do you, Do you want to talk about Feech's role in episode three? I mean, it's pretty. It's It's all leading up to it's, what happens. Yeah, it's in all four. leading up. Like yeah. it, he's basically just extorting uh, a dude in uh, Paulie's neighborhood mm-hmm. who cuts grass, breaks his arm. A lot and, of that's done for laughs, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's another another bystander who just just because he's there gets just fucked over, right? You know? And there, there's some funny scenes where like Paulie goes back and beats Feech's guys. Yeah. But the big thing to take out of it is that uh, Feech is doing this stuff without Tony's approval, right? And is like not Tony's not even hearing about it until somebody's complaining. And mm-hmm. if there's one thing that managers hate is to not hear about anything until something like that happens, especially when you're going to bring him a big wad of cash anyway. Mm-hmm. So like you should have just told me about it and I probably would have been like, okay, uh, but they end up splitting it, but it's just like one thing to move us into, uh, 
he does the exact same thing in this next episode, carjacking a wedding or taking a seat, which is I yeah, carjacking a bunch of cars. And Tony had said, "Hey, this is my friend's daughter's wedding," or something, or at least he says he said that when the, he talks to Feech later in the episode. Um, big fireworks in their meeting, though, in episode four. Big fireworks, yes. Feech and Tony, as they uh, scream at each other. This is mm. probably the only time we've seen somebody like legitimately try and stand up to Tony since he's been boss. And he thinks he can because mm. he's he's older, wiser, and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Or he thinks he is. Yeah. I liked I liked the flash to the poker game. Yes. Especially when we saw it. Because I want to get to Carmella because I'm actually going to read some stuff in from uh, the book. Because we've talked <clears throat> from season one about why Carmilla has not been villainized, or at least in public consciousness or pop culture, not been villainized like, you know, um, Skylar or Betty right. from Mad Men. Uh, and Sepinwall kind of goes down kind of the reasons why. And it's pretty interesting. But yeah, we can, uh, we can, yeah, she mentions to Tony though that. You know, you're just surrounded by yes-men. People that just say yes and laugh at your jokes because you're the boss. You don't really have friends. And we think, and you mentioned it earlier, we think that uh, Tony is realizing that because there's a scene where it slows down and everyone's laughing. And, you know, and you think it's going to be one of those things where Tony realizes, oh, I guess I don't have friends. And But no, he's just, he's using that to his advantage. Right, which is he's, genius on mm-hmm. his part. Uh, mentally not the best move right but like for somebody to say that to him him like acknowledge and accept it and then be like why isn't this one laughing right i just said the stupidest joke ever paulie who used to break my balls about everything is giving me the biggest laugh yeah so what's this sour pusses deal back here and no, that just not. clicks clicks mm-hmm. for him he's had a couple of things like that happen this season where it's like he's kind of gone with his gut early on in a situation. I'm trying to remember what the other one was, but it's like he's, he's getting, he's starting as a boss to get out in front of problems rather than having to like deal with them as they come at him. Doesn't he make good with Ari also? Not Ari. Artie. 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 In the episode prior and they move in But then he kind of, he kind of has like a weird, like, oh, I can get you some good uh, yeah. napkin. Like, it's always an ulterior motive, right? Hooking him back in. Yeah. Hooking him back in. Always an ulterior motive with Tony. It's never, oh, yeah. I just want to be your friend. It's, oh, I want to be your friend, but I got some other things Well, too. and that's, pro- that's probably partly why he doesn't really have a big problem with not having any friends. Yeah. Is because he doesn't have any friends. And if he doesn't have any friends, hardly he can fuck now, over just about anyone he wants. He's a guy who thinks he, he has friends though. He's a guy who thinks he has a ton of friends. He, he has, he's a guy who, how, how do I put this? He, he has he, a guy that has a lot of hanger ons and knows yeah. that. And a lot of people that'll do stuff that he needs him to do. Mm-hmm. I think he has a, I think he considers himself to have a few friends and then the yes. rest of them all think that they are his friend. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because he has mentioned, like, you know, Big Pussy being his best friend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, and, and then, I mean, like, we, we talked about it last week with uh, the catalyst in the 
the triumvirate coming down of uh, Polly, Sill, Tony, and Pussy, like that was his friends. Right. They were his friends. And then they kill Pussy, and then we talked about it last week, like I said. Mm-hmm. Him and Silvio are not buddy buddy anymore. They're they're very business. And Polly Polly and Tony have had their problems. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, his, his you know, it's probably it's almost a like a, a product of losing all of his family and friends over the past year that's a, that's making him able to make better business decisions, like the cloudiness in his brain is gone or something. I don't know. Might realize that this job, it's no one's permanent, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, like, that's supposed to be what we are led to believe from, that he thinks anyway. Because, like, it, this is a show that, like, um, deals with death a lot. But it's not, like, my complaint with The Walking Dead, among other things, is that it was, every plot twist was so reliant on someone dying. Mm-hmm. But this show, it feels like death is just the fabric of the business. And death is like, it, it kind of maybe changes people's ideas of, of relationships, right? Yeah. Or friendships, because they know you're probably not going to be of use anymore. Or, you know, it's... If I kill it, you, it's right. going to ruin this relationship, this relationship, and this relationship. Right. Or just, you know, it's part of the job is, and Tony's said that, is that as part of the job is, is you're going to, might die. You're probably going to die, right? Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be killed by someone. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of oh, people survive. No, not a lot of people survive. Uh, fun fact about this episode, might be the heaviest guest star episode. Okay. So we have David Lee Roth and Lawrence Taylor. Oh yeah, we do playing uh-huh. poker. Frankie Valley, who has had a few mentions throughout the show, uh, he makes a guest appearance. He is that capo that tells Little Carmine to strike fast. Mm-hmm. So uh, Frankie Valley getting nominal mentions in the yeah. show gets to play a character in the show. Yeah. Also, Tony B. This is, I think, I, I read something today that might confirm this for me. But for a dude that wants to get out of the mob, he sure doesn't do a real good job no. of staying away from the mob. So far, right. he's been hanging out with Feech while he's beating up gardeners. Yeah. He's somehow got a job. That's great. But the bada bing is on his route. Mm-hmm. And he apparently makes enough money to drop some money at like a huge yeah. high roller poker game. So they Interesting wanted out, choices. but they put me back in, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, He's yep. hanging out with Tony, uh, eating wings, watching baseball, <laughs> and uh, far and uh, Farty sitting yeah. over there, just ripping him. Yeah. Artie definitely looks like the guy that is not afraid to rip one. No, he's yeah, he's breaking that barrier every time. Uh huh. All right, let's talk about the Carmella AJ stuff. The AJ stuff's not that interesting. We've seen this before. Mm-hmm. I think what's more interesting is the Carmella relationship where AJ is definitely mad at her. Oh, like, you know, he has been hateful. He's he's disobedient. He's just a shitty kid. But I you think- know what? I don't know if he sh- he's acting up. He's acting out because his parents are getting a divorce. I don't you know. know. Did you ever say fuck you to your mom? 
Maybe it was a joke. I don't wow, think I've ever... You joke yeah, well, different with I, your mom. I, I'll say this house is a fucking prison! Okay, like, that's no, joke. that is not what he did, though. Yeah. He said, fuck you. I've never said it like that, no. Right. This, like, I'm with you. Like, teenagers act up, but don't be Tony here and fall on right. his side of things. Like, that, th- this whole situation is bigger than what it was. It, well, like, he kind of did the same thing is. as Meadow did with the party she threw, right? But Meadow was a little I ain't more signing off on smart that either. about it. Little, exactly. Meadow's a little more smart in how she gets away with things. Yeah, right. No, yeah, and he's he's an idiot because he very easily could like he didn't have to be home until ten thirty. That should yeah. have been in the bag. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get your face glued to the carpet and what things are those change. Kids doing yeah. What the fuck is the point of all that? Like. <laughs> Dude, I know I was that stupid at one point, but Jesus Christ, why the fr- okay? So the dude that like passed out, number one, real glad he wasn't dead. Kind of yeah. thought he might be dead. Yeah, and they ride all over his ass, and that's fine. And then the the everything went badly when they started shaving people. Yeah, because like you can ride on someone's face in a permanent marker, and that sucks, and you look stupid for a little while. You shave your eyebrows or somebody's eyebrows off. That's a couple of weeks of looking like a dumbass. Yes. It's the meanest <clears throat> thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so Carmella's great in this episode. We kind of just see her kind of raw, you know, emotion. She can't figure out what to do with, with her kid who hates mm-hmm. her. And so she pretty much pawns him off on Tony. Like, I can't do this anymore. And then we get a really sad scene at the very end where, you know, and I wasn't even thinking about, thinking about it before they actually have like her walking into the empty house like man this is uh this is kind of sad because like now it's this house that was like kind of in the first few seasons just full of uh people and now it's empty i kind of felt like that was kind of corny really yeah yeah i just felt like that was a little corny Mm -hmm. Uh, it was a little it it felt like a i don't know it just i i didn't it's not like i hated or anything it just felt a little corny to me okay uh karm was sort of doing her best livia impression throughout this episode uh you know just like kind of being the victim and but she was though she was but you know like it's very woe is me you know like this happened like you were saying like it can't have it can't be that every teenager does this and Carmela is depressed about it because, like, not every mom is depressed about it. Uh, it. It can't be both. You know what I mean? You can't play yeah. both sides on that. Okay. But <clears throat> it's not even that big a deal. I just think it's very interesting that she's like she's just very much like uh, AJ tells her earlier in the episode to stop playing the martyr, which is some shit to say to your mom. Oh yeah. Um, very That's something my mom says to my dad. Okay, yeah, no, and it, it's just a real disrespectful thing to say uh-huh. to somebody when they're feeling bad about whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. But she, she's playing the martyr because like, there's nothing else to be at this point but the martyr. Yeah, you know, like I mean, to- I, Tony buys his story yeah. hook, line, and sinker, and at that point, buys what is him she car. gonna do? Yeah. yeah. The car thing was kind of a genius idea, I thought. <laughs> yeah, well, it didn't work. It did not work. It did not work. <laughs> no, it did not work. But I thought it was a. I thought it was a, an okay idea. Mm-hmm. Also, thought it was. This goes back to my earlier point of Tony wanting unconditional love, and needing unconditional love. So Carmela calls her son, 
multiple times who never answers, her daughter multiple times who never answers, but then calls her soon-to-be ex-husband who's asleep, and mm-hmm. he immediately answers. Mm-hmm. Who is a person, Tony, who, when he doesn't want to talk to somebody, just doesn't talk to them. Mm-hmm. He still wants Carmela's love. And yeah. how tragic is it for Carmela yeah. that he's the only one that wants her love? Yeah, I didn't even get that. That's a good point there, Travis. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Asshole. I got points what? today. Uh, yeah, you did get points today. Good job. Uh, so, okay. I want to... All right, so this is what <clears throat> Sepawal wrote. I thought this was interesting. Carmela is a hypocrite and a user, and in many ways a much worse person than some TV wives who followed her. But when she's feeling vulnerable or self-aware, her work is so strong and so palpable... It feels like she's reaching through the TV to slap the viewers into tears. Next, Carmel. All right, this is also this is he's writing. Uh, why? Why did fans who could rationalize away the worst misdeeds of Tony or Christopher or Pauly sympathize with Carmela? Why? Why do, do people sympathize with her and not Skyler? Mm-hmm. Uh, next, Carmela never objects to what Tony does for a living, only to the other women he sleeps with and the way he treats her uh, beyond the adultery. So he, she never, ever, you know. Really, I mean, she says not like straight you out. She <clears throat> no, never not straight, straight out. <laughs> says you shouldn't be doing this or doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never have to worry about Carmela being killjoy, getting in the way of the fun and of their fun and yours. Yeah, so she's never an adversary for Tony and what he's doing. You know, Tony wants to go um, rob someone, or Tony wants to go make a hit. She's not saying mm-hmm. you can't ma- kill that guy, Tony. She is never <laughs> the bad guy. To no. the audience. You know right. what I mean? She's yeah. typically the voice of reason and like keeping people on the path. Right. Finally, the show makes it clear early and often that Tony is an awful husband and that however however much Carmela enjoys his spoils, no one deserves to be lied to and hum- humiliated. Even in the pilot, one of her most memorable scenes is the one where Tony tells her he's in therapy while on a date at the restaurant he just we just saw him take our arena to making it clear not only that Tony considers his own wife second best, but that the rest of their world knows it and is complacent in making her a perpetual fool. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think all that's... I think that is interesting. Straight on. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I mean, Car- uh, Skyler was definitely an adversary to, to Con- Walt. I mean, like, the last... When Season she finds before out. last, it's mostly like Walt versus her. Yeah. And yeah, it's... Yeah, and that's, I think, why people didn't like her so much. Because she was an adversary. And, and mm-hmm. Carmela has never been an adversary. No, and they don't... This show is a lot more about her than, like, I think it gets credit for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people get wrapped up in the mob factor of this show and we've talked about it before but dude this is this is a show about family (laughs) a family one Mm -hmm. family really it's about the soprano family not the mob family the family Mm -hmm. the sopranos and dude edie falco is just amazing she needed she needed last week off so (laughs) that she could prepare for this episode right like like i said i mean I, i said she was doing her best um, Livia impression, and I stand by that, but in a different way. All very justified. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons you're getting such a strong episode in the middle of the season, very early in the season, 
uh, with this type of content is this episode, which might make the Lorraine stuff a little bit more infuriating, was written by a woman. Ah. Pussy's wife wrote this episode. Okay, yes, yes. So there and and I read that she is the uh, only other, besides um, Chris, uh, cast on to have air, writing credit. Or, yeah, on air. That's hard. That's a little industry speak for you. <laughs> oh man, yeah. She besides besides Mike Imperioli, she's the only other cast member to have a writing credit. Yeah. Uh. Okay. <laughs> My favorite moment in line in this entire episode was, uh, and it's the most dad thing that can happen. Mm-hmm. Is when Tony gets to the house, when AJ finally gets home, and AJ comes downstairs and he's carrying the the trash out or whatever, and he just grabs AJ by the shoulder and he just says, "What's different about you, <laughs> Carmel?" His Tony, his eyebrows are gone. Like, oh, this is the most dad thing I've What's ever different? heard. Is like I know that there's something off about mm-hmm. you. But I don't. I cannot place what it is. You look like an idiot, but I'm, that's not always something new. I'm not sure, but there's something wrong. <laughs> also, in that first episode, everybody was so sweaty. They were. They were hmm. very sweaty. Go back and look at Tony and like uh, who else was super sweaty? Uh, Bobby maybe was real sweaty in that first episode. A lot of sweat going on. Or, you know, I like shows hot. that are I like shows that are willing to show their actors sweating, but when you mm-hmm. have large folks, that might be a little bit harder to hide. Yeah, we got some large ones on on this series. Got some biggins on this series for sure. Mm-hmm. I like these two episodes, man. Yeah, they were very strong. Not a lot of Tony B so far, you know. No, they're slow playing it, and like yeah. like I said, I read some stuff today that you know, leads me to believe that he's not quite as out of the mob as he wants to be. Oh, sure. And as I was pointing out, he's not doing a real good job of avoiding all that stuff anyway. Right, right. Um, I'm real excited to see where his his storyline goes, though, because, I mean, I love Steve Buscemi, and... Uh, there's, a, seems... there's a GQ article on Steve Buscemi today. No, really? I saw it was circulating, yeah, and I, I guess he lost his wife last year. Like, oh, long wow. time, like 30 years of marriage. Yeah. That's so no good. Sad. Yeah. Well, shout out uh, to Steve Buscemi. Yeah, shout out. Call I in think, if you can, you know? That's he right. Listens, yeah, yeah if, if you want to be on the show, we can probably squeeze you in. We can maybe squeeze you in. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, hey. <laughs> that, I can't that, do it. I can't do it. Is that your yeah. Steve Buscemi episode? Hey. Or your Steve Buscemi I don't t- impression? I never tip. <laughs> okay, you're just doing Pulp Fiction now. Yeah, no, it's or, Reservoir, uh, Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Sorry, idiot. <laughs> okay, okay. Remember those points I had earlier, and yes. you called me the idiot. I know. Okay. Oh, but, but speaking of idiot, can we bring up? All right, so uh, Tony is still trying to woo Melfi, and he sends okay. her a gift basket, and he has the worstly formed letter. And Look, so man. I just had I just had a birthday, okay, and. My mom brought out the baby book, and it was embarrassing, and she was reading all these letters. And there was this one letter, or there was this, like, not letters, but uh, things in school to write. And there was one that was, like, all these misspellings. And I'm like, oh, I had them in kindergarten. I was, like, eight. I was like, mm-hmm. ooh. But that was that was Shakespeare compared to Tony's letter. <laughs> He's not. Which, he Look, man, he. I think he even says that, like, he had a chance to go to college at some point. Yeah. But, like. 
he was never going to college. By the time he was 14, he knew exactly what he was going to do and what he yeah. was going to be, and he stopped paying attention in English. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I'm not, look, I'm a horrible speller. I'm not even going to, you know, and there's no computers, no spell check. I'm right? not going to even, I give him a pass on the spelling. It's every, everything else about that letter seemed like a, just, I'm not going to say what I want to say because it's a little too political, but Uh-oh. it's, uh, you could probably guess what I was going to say, but, uh, it, uh, yeah, it felt like a third grader wrote it <laughs> or maybe like a kindergartner wrote it. It wasn't yeah. great. It does feel like, uh, Melfi is this, this is, I'm, I'm holding up two fingers. They're quite close together. Uh, she's about this close to taking him back as a patient at least. Yes. Cause yeah. her, so her therapy sessions have been more like strategy sessions for her to figure out how to treat Tony. Right, lately, and I think uh, that the her therapist is really interested too in this whole he Tony thing. Loves it. Yeah, he, lo- he gets more juice from it than she does. I think. Oh yeah, probably because he gets to judge two people at once. Yes, yes, which is great. Everybody loves to judge more people. They do, they do. Um, you're not an idiot. I was kidding about that, but it was a good segue. Thank you. Uh, and to, to that I'm, point, I'm going to take that point. I'm going to yeah. make that. I'm going to take that one too. So I got three points today. Got three points today. Good job. You can get a sticker. Got oh. a gold sticker. Does it got say Bada Bing? It says Bada Bing with a gold star. Hell yeah. Do you have those? Uh, in like second grade, the little little pockets they had uh, a little like stick and it had a, a red light, a yellow light, a stoplight, uh-huh. and a gold star. You had to switch it around every time yeah. you're bad. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I was not, uh, that was back. I had like a two year period where I was a bit of a mouthy little bastard in school. Uh-huh. And that, that was when we were doing the yardstick thing yeah. with the paper clips. And I, I usually ended up in yellow. Oh yeah. I was like yellow red sometimes, you know? Yeah. Not, not, a, not a real green kid back in those no. days. Well, I got yeah, quiet I after it worked. I got quiet. I quit talking at school. Yeah, good. You shouldn't be talking, expressing your ideas, Travis. That's that's how they get you. That's how the school systems bring you down. Yeah, that's how the school system brings us down. That's how society brings you down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well before we get any more political, what do you say we wrap it up for today? Let's do it. Uh, that's deja vu for this week. Next week we'll talk about episodes, or I guess later this week, or I guess next week. Next oh, episode. No. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk five and six, and then we'll probably do an avatar thing as well. If I remember to get all the uh, stuff to you. Yeah, it's on as I said, back in the office. So I'm gonna need some some notice mm-hmm. to watch five episodes of that. Yeah, I'm sorry. However many office. you give us, it's okay. It's okay. I'll give you twenty. You gotta watch all three seasons tomorrow. <laughs> nope, not doing that. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Yep. Yep. I'll see you Bye. guys. Bye.